I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. Last month, a hacker posted a trove of stolen documents online detailing the weird internal struggles, pardon me, everybody, of a little gaming company called Roblox. If you don't know what Roblox is, just ask any child in America and they will explain it to you. The hacked documents contained a fascinating... Uh, contained fascinating insights into how gaming companies whose products depend on player freedom and creativity must navigate the treacherous waters of children, free speech, China, mass shootings, and content moderation. It's a weird story where a child-driven internet sandbox can lead to troubling and weird questions about things like genocide roleplay. With me today to talk about all of it is returning champion motherboard staff writer Joseph Cox, JC. Welcome back from the woods. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. So we're talking about Roblox today. Uh, why Roblox, of all things, that we could be talking about in this wide world? I mean, Roblox might be dismissed as just a fun little children's game or gaming platform, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is, is that, first of all, is one of the more interesting content moderation discussions uh, that exists right now, you know, probably more interesting than Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. And that's in part because of the second point is that, you know, for all of what Meta wants to do or Facebook wants to do, saying it wants to make the metaverse, Roblox basically is it. You know, you can make your own assets, make your own worlds, you move physically or virtually through those worlds as well. So when a hacker released a bunch of internal documents, uh, of course, the hacking of itself is interesting somewhat, but what was really interesting is the documents um, themselves. You know, And if you're reporting on or reading about content moderation and you're not paying attention to Roblox, I mean, you're doing it wrong, basically, because this is one of the most pressing content moderation issues happening right now. Yeah, for those who don't know what, what Roblox exactly is, can you kind of walk us through it? Because it's, it's a bit like Minecraft, but there's even more control over what can be made right yeah that's fair like it, it it looks very similar to minecraft you know it's blocky you have your little avatars your characters you go through a world that sort of thing uh but whereas minecraft is sort of limited in its simplicity and you know people are very creative with that simplicity as well uh rather than just you know digging or building uh to pull it very generally roblox gives the players or rather the members of the community much more control in that, hey, you want to design a T-shirt that other Roblox avatars could wear, you can do that. You want to make fully functional games inside this Roblox world and then monetize them as well and you can get the on-platform currency uh, robux and then if you're big enough you exchange that for fiat currency as well you can do that so yes you know i think probably most parents or, or people who uh, play it would think of it as a video game but really it is a gaming platform slash social network and that brings up a hell of a lot of different um issues you know even 
maybe not geopolitical, but uh, stuff breaking, uh, going into other countries, and then all the moderation issues that come with that as well. I would say there's a little bit of geopolitics in this story. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, and just to just kind of drive this home, this is like a $68 billion a year business, this Roblox. Like, this is an entertainment juggernaut. This is not a small thing, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that, yeah, that's kind of why I, I I led it with you know people may dismiss it, but that they would be very very stupid to do that because as you say, this is a multi billion dollar juggernaut. Um, it is pushing into different markets, and something like half of all children in the U.S. play Roblox in some form, you know, and as I alluded to, there's an entire ecosystem around this of legitimate developers, some of whom make millions of dollars uh, a year. So this is not um, this is not something just to the side. This is, whether people like it or not, a massive part of culture for young people in the United States. All right, so what are these documents and where did they come from? So first of all, where they came from, a hacker seemingly fished and socially engineered a specific uh, Roblox employee. You know, we don't have to go into who that specific person is because um, the alter- the information released also included a lot of personal information, you know, a scan of an ID, that sort of thing. Uh, they got targeted. And this hacker also tried to extort uh, Roblox in some way. You know, we don't know the exact contours of those negotiations, but they tried to do that, and it seems Roblox ultimately said no. So this hacker then released uh, these documents online. As for the files themselves, they are a big mix of um, sort of internal presentations, you know, in PDF or in PowerPoint slides format. And then you also have uh, Google documents, which, you know, you can, you don't actually actually have to log into obviously their google space you just view them on your own machine in your own browsing session but you can still see all the comments that these roblox senior employees have left so it's a lot of internal stuff flowcharts diagrams quarterly meetups uh, monthly roundups as well and a lot of it touches on content moderation but not exclusively Right, and you've got three kind of meaty stories out of these documents. The first is just kind of what we've already discussed, talking about the the fact that these documents are out there. Um, then you did these two that are much more reported out and like really going through the slides, really clicking through everything. It's like four gigs of these presentations and, and, and internal documents. Uh, the first um, is... Revealed, documents show how Roblox planned to bend to Chinese censorship. So what is going on here? Uh, Yeah, so this is based on two documents, mostly. Uh, One of them is written by Roblox itself, and it seems to be a summary and and a reflection and analysis of what Roblox needs to do to break into the Chinese market. And it seems this was written after a visit to China physically. You know, it doesn't say who who went there, but it, it seems to suggest there was uh, a trip to China. And it's, you know, it's a few years old, but it really does give some really interesting context on what Roblox um, had to do. And I guess just before we continue, I would just say very briefly sort of the arc of what Roblox did in China. They did launch... In China, uh, they made a Chinese-specific version of their platform and product. It lasted 
something like five months, and then they got pulled. Um, and now they're trying to do it again. So that that's the context, but that's not really the story. Obviously, the story is was in these documents and all of the steps they had to do. So that's the first document, and the second document is one written by Tencent, which is the company that Roblox ultimately partnered with to get into China. If you are an American or, or a European company or whatever trying to get into China, it, you basically have to partner with a Chinese company, um, not only for their sort of on-the-ground knowledge really of of how to do these things but i imagine just to get approved by the chinese government you know every video game in china is approved by the government and these documents go into you know some of them are high level detail others are a lot more granular and others are sort of roblox's perceptions or predictions but they really lay through the steps that roblox uh, had to do or had in front of them when they were going into china all right, so I think you just gave uh, half the listeners a heart attack because I heard, I heard it, a Slack notification. Will you you kill that for me? I'm so sorry. It's not me. I don't have Slack open. <gasps> I'm muted. Where did it come from? Very weird. Very strange. I don't know what's going on with the technology today. It's been a it's been a weird day uh, mm-hmm. here at the CyberStream. Okay, so we're talking about what it takes to get in, break into the Chinese market. Roblox kind of had it all laid out. So what? What was it like? I I just I find it hard to believe because I like Roblox is a game that encourages such freedom of like not big F freedom, but just little F freedom of uh, creativity. It really relies on user generated content. How does an Mm -hmm. American company start navigating the very complicated online world of uh, of of China? And like, how, how does it get a game stood up there? What are the things that Roblox was looking at that they would have to potentially avoid. Right. I mean, yeah, user-generated content is, of course, already a massive issue in China when you look at, you know, any number of things that they do with the Great Firewall, especially when it comes to social media uh, censorship. Now, imagine that, but applying it to a virtual world platform and all the sorts of things that people might make, you know, maybe they would host protests in there about Taiwan. And I think that did actually come up at one point while Roblox uh, was there, or they can make any number of other things. As for what their Roblox would have to do, I mean, they would have to much more stringently monitor basically every user generated asset on there. And when they went through the sorts of, um, steps uh, how they, of how they would need to do that. They already do moderate content in some ways, but it seems to be a little bit more reactive depending on the case, right? Here, everything would get reviewed before it went live um, on the Chinese version of Roblox. And then, I mean, you have the much bigger tasks that roblox would have to do which is stuff like hosting of course all chinese user data or rather all user data of people using the chinese version in china you know you have this with apple and their their version of icloud in china all the data has to be there this is to comply with local chinese law on you know cybersecurity or you know you could read that as surveillance, right? And that even comes up in that when they're talking about how to identify groomers in China, because Roblox has a pretty big child grooming problem, just given its scale uh, and given its target audience, uh, that would actually be easier 
in China because Roblox planned to collect the phone numbers of everybody who signed up and also their government-issued IDs. And then that would be verified against a Chinese government API and they would know exactly who is playing the game. So it's so on one side you have the increased moderation efforts and then you just have sort of this massive undertaking of infrastructure to even be able to run inside China. And I mean, there would be other things like you can't have usernames saying certain words, you know, such as President Xi or whatever. Uh, you'd have to deal with Chinese payment processes. You know, they're not necessarily going to be the same as the ones in the West. And of course, China has other uh, regulations or, or laws when it comes to addiction for gaming. You know, sometimes you're only going to be allowed to play video games for a few hours a day. And then also sort of the anti-gambling uh, stuff as well, which is going to be an issue for games when you're doing microtransactions or loot boxes or anything like that. Basically, every facet of Roblox in some way was going to be touched by its expansion um, into China. And it did another thing that I thought was really interesting in the documents is that there's a certain air of cynicism to it, right? They Roblox expected the company to be hacked and for other people to copy the game from day one once they launched in China, right? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the more fascinating slides. And this is the in the presentation that is written by uh, Roblox itself on a slide called um, Security. It lays out that, you know, as soon as they put um, their executables, their program onto Chinese servers, they need to expect that a group of hundreds of people are going to be reverse engineering it. Now, it doesn't go into detail, but presumably that is people working for the Chinese state or censorship uh, agencies, uh, whatever, going through the code. Uh, because, you know, that is why user data and data is going to be hosted in China, right? So they can they can go through it. So there's that. But then the more just wild statement in the slides is that Roblox anticipated, one, that hacking against its company in general worldwide would increase because of this expansion into China. That makes a lot of sense. But then also they anticipated that perhaps they would be hacked even by their Chinese partner. And at the time, they, they hadn't settled on Tencent when they did this presentation. As I mentioned, that happened later. They were also exploring um, partnering with NetEase, which is a more specifically Chinese gaming company. You know, they worked on the Diablo Immortal game, which just finally launched in China recently. Um, but Roblox anticipated, look, when we launch in China, or even before we launch, um, Tencent or whoever may hack us, which would, which would be crazy. And, you know, uh, Tencent never got back to me when I asked, hey, did you hack Roblox? Uh, and Roblox positioned it more as, you know, when we're expanding into a market, we prepare for all eventualities. But the fact that they thought that was important and likely enough to put in writing is incredibly interesting. What's also interesting to me, because it sounds like from the conversation that it was a cultural fit, it was going to be a cultural change, but a technological one was going to be a little bit easier than I think you would think, because a lot of the structures are already stood up in China. And if you can partner with somebody like Tencent that can kind of na help navigate, um, this stuff is not too hard to do. Well, I mean, it's hard to do. It's content moderation in a big online space. It's a nightmare. But it's not like... 
it's not over it's not overwhelming in the way that we I think we would normally associate something like this with being right yeah the, the, there's a little table that lays out sort of all the stuff that they need to do and there's a column that says effort and it has you know small medium large the vast majority are medium and these include the anti anti addiction controls, the full app localization. Of course, you have to translate it right for, from English or whatever language into Chinese. The only one that is large is the local web servers, and that is you know setting up the server infrastructure to host the data of users of the Chinese uh, version of Roblox. So that is the big ask. You know, that's of course not trivial. You 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 basically. You're making a second Roblox, so you know that is that's going to take some time. Uh, but yeah, sort of what you what you hint at is that they already had some systems that they could use, you know, such as their moderation. They would just ramp it up, and then others they were like, "Well, we're going to make that in China, and then we can roll it out globally as an option anyway." As such as the anti addiction stuff that they have to make in China, well, they they sort of speculated, well, we can offer that as a parental control uh, elsewhere in the world. Like, oh, hey, you know, you turn on this setting and your kid can only play Roblox for three hours a day, something like that. So they could get more out of it than simply an expansion into just the Chinese market. They could develop features that they may want to roll out to the the ROW or the rest of the world, as they call it in the slides. All right, we're going to pause there for a break. We're talking with Joseph Cox about the Roblox hack and everything we learned about the multi-billion dollar game company and what it takes to run it. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. If you're watching us live on Twitch, we'll be right back after this countdown. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, everybody. Thank you for sticking around. I'm Matthew Galt. We, you are listening to Cyber. I'm on with Joseph Cox, and we were talking about Roblox. All right, so before the break, we, we kind of had a nice segue set up to, to move from China and to talk about kind of the other half of this hack, which is the other story that you wrote, um, which I think is more – I mean, the whole thing is fascinating to me but because um, I've written a little bit about some of the weird stuff that goes on in Roblox. But documents reveal how Roblox handles grooming and mass – shooting simulators. Uh, you said earlier that grooming is a big problem on the platform. It's a place where there's a lot of kids and you, it's easy to be anonymous. How does Roblox handle grooming? Um, so they they have multiple ways of doing it. And I guess just first of all, they, they have some methods which are uh, sort of purely tech you know, and, and that might be automated reviewing of material. Then they have tech assisted, which is, you know, maybe a piece of tech will flag something and then a human reviews it. And then I think they have fully human ones. So, you know, there's a, there's a hybrid there or one or the other, that sort of thing. So obviously that's very, very high level. Then you get down to 
well, what are they actually doing? And some of these documents included spreadsheets that were broken. There were terms and they were broken, broken into sections such as bullying or underage, racist, subversive, self-harm, religion and grooming. Right. And then you go through some of those and the messages are, don't tell your family member. Uh, can I get a photo or video of you? And they give these a little rank of how bad they are. Um, and these are being used to moderate the chat uh, in Roblox, the, the text chat. Um, so that's how they specifically look for grooming. But I think what, what the documents more show is just that this is an insanely complex content moderation issue because they have the in-game chat they have the user-generated assets such as you know people making their own clothes there's the user-generated assets of making their own games and all of those are very distinct content moderation issues and somehow they have to be very very good at doing all of them and you know there's a lot of crap on Roblox. I mean, the stuff that you've reported on, I, I went back and uh, read that recently. I think you went into some servers that were just full of swastikas and like other like Nazi um, symbolism. Yeah, it was right? full and, on third Reich roleplay servers. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Which, which kind of brings it up is like that is that's a virtual world and then also potentially assets as well. And then presumably the chat in there is going to be a, a fucking dumpster fire as well, right? So that's kind of a combination of all of them. Um, but it, it, but it's just interesting because they have all of these different approaches, all of these different types. And I think the last thing I would just say on that is that on the tech side, they've even gone into using stuff like Amazon's recognition, which is their not well, it is facial recognition, but it's also image recognition as well. You can use it to detect guns, that sort of thing. They are using that inside uh, basically their metaverse as well. And they've even developed sort of their own object recognition proof of concepts as well. Um, so it is a massive uh, mix of all these different um, technologies in one. So tell me about this case study. There's kind of, I won't call it a case study. Uh, tell me, well, case study is an okay word. I'm tired, listeners. <laughs> tell me about the places where this kind of gets weird and you're kind of going into these strange gray areas. I want to know about the Goku Dragon Ball Z Christchurch shooting thing. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I guess just before that, they had a, a few of these mass shooting simulators, right, which are little games that people have made, uh, you know, sometimes not very convincingly, uh, to try to memorialize or riff off or, or, or just play around with famous mass shooting ones. So there's the Norway one in, in there, and as you say, there's the Christchurch uh, one as well. And I, and I think there may have been um, some others as well. And then when it came to some of these mass shooting simulators, they, they, the staff would go in and they re would review them, uh, sometimes because journalists came to them and showed them. And we know what the staff were thinking because we read their comments on a Google Doc where they're discussing what to do about it. And, you know, one goes in and I think it's the Christchurch one. And like he, he goes in and is like, there's nothing really in the game that's offensive itself. It's just the name. 
So, you know, I don't want to put a, a, a quality metric on really mass shooter simulators, but as far as I go, it was kind of a bad mass shooter simulator, if you see what I mean. Like, it wasn't convincing or anything like that. Regardless, it's an incredibly bad look and, and very shitty, right? And not a nice thing to have on your platform. So they did remove it. But the discussions going on in these comments are them trying to figure out how and why they could remove it. At one point, they say, well, should we just put a text filter up for the place in Norway where that mass shooting happened. And, you know, that would be overreach, one of the employees said, because it would be the same as just blocking Columbine or, or New York or something like that. Or maybe they could do a combination of uh, Norway and the date and Oslo where a bomb went off as well. So these are very difficult conversations, you know, and, and, and I guess I would say that we've seen a lot of internal documents about content moderation uh, from other companies, especially Facebook. And I would say that here, and th this is a bit of a generalization, so it, it may not be entirely fair, but in these documents, Roblox is tackling the issue much more honestly than you see in some of the Facebook documents. They're coming in and they're being like, we don't we don't want this on our platform and we're going to find a way to remove it, which goes on to what you were saying about the Dragon Ball Z one. There was another mass shooting simulator and it briefly mentions DBZ, Dragon Ball Z. Um, and they try to argue, well, let's just get it removed through copyright grounds. You know, do we have a relationship with Dragon Ball Z and we can go to them and say, Hey, this is violating your copyright. Let's rip it off. Um, so it's just them discussing all these different tools they might be able to use to moderate this massively varied and vibrant uh, metaverse. Yeah, I think this is interesting. I'm going to read some of it verbatim for the audience here. So uh, as you said, a Norwegian reporter reached out, said, hey, there's this Christchurch simulator. They go looking for it. They can't find it, but they find others. Um, one call, one had a URL named Goku versus Christchurch. Um, and then in the comments, quote, this is an extremely crude, blocky version where without the name, you wouldn't know it's really simulating anything. Uh, one of them said, but you can dress up like Goku from DBZ and they give you an AK. You go into a building that is only a single blank room with a few blocky NPCs running around. I would remove for copyright violations at the least, though. Yeah, it's it's we had this whole discussion on here on the show about looking at Facebook's attempts at content moderation, looking at leaked documents that had come from them and them just kind of looking at it and throwing up their hands and saying, we don't even know what to do here. Right. And it's fascinating mm -hmm. to see another company whose primary audience is children. People are obviously going to be much more interested in content moderation when it comes to their kids, um, actually trying to tackle it. You know, they don't, maybe they don't always get it right, but like, as you said, they don't want Nazi stuff and Christchurch shooting stuff on the platform and they're actively trying to get rid of it. They could just let it be the wild West and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we went through some of the Facebook documents, uh, I hope I'm remembering this right, but you know, there was one that was talking about white supremacy and white nationalism and sort of the distinction there. And it drew a distinction inside Facebook. They were saying, well, white supremacy is bad, but white nationalism is okay, and we're going to allow it. And I think he even included a link to like the Wikipedia page or something about it. You know, after we reported that, after somebody leaked it to us and we covered it, Facebook eventually changed that because uh, I think they realized how bad of a look it was. So they're having these very, you know, high-minded, pseudo-intellectual discussions about hmm, what's the difference between white supremacy and white nationalism, and then it ends up with you know a load of white nationalism all over their platform. Whereas in Roblox, they're going. 
we don't want this stuff on our platform and we're just going to find a way to remove it because we don't want mass shooting simulators on here. Now, look, that's not to completely um, let them off the hook. These pl- these games were still on there. They were still up for some time and apparently there were multiple of them, right? So it's not like they they solved the issue. But when it came up, they, they did find a way to get rid of it. And now, you know, maybe the cynic would say, well, they're just doing that because they're going to get some bad PR. Yeah, sure. But still, the discussions here are more frank than I've seen elsewhere. All right. I want to end our conversation with an ethical reporting question, something we've talked about a couple of times before on this program. These documents were illegally obtained or they were obtained through criminal means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the ha- the, yeah, the hacker commits you, the crime. Yeah, you yeah. you, yeah, you were grabbing them off of the internet a hu- you, after a hacker did the crime, right? To be clear, mm-hmm. you didn't do the crime. Mm-hmm. No criminal behavior on JC's part. Um, mm-hmm. but the way they made it to the internet is illegal. When you're a journalist and you're going to report on something like this, using these kinds of documents, like what is, what are the ethical considerations around something like this? It always boils down to basically one question, which is, you know, is it in the public interest or not? And whenever we went to Roblox for comment uh, for these stories, you know, cause we were trying to engage. And of course we, obviously want to give them a chance to comment as much as possible. And then when we got really into the granular details of the documents, you know, well, we wanted to ask, what does this spreadsheet mean? Okay, well, what does this document mean? Something like that. And basically, whenever I went to them, they would reply and th- their answer would essentially always start or end with these documents were obtained by a criminal hacker. Now, that is probably the reason... I decided to include a little uh, caveat in our piece in that, you know, Roblox kept stressing this, and I think I put in parentheses that Motherboard believes there's a public interest in this material and warrants coverage. Um, because at the end of the day, this is, a- this is actually bread and butter for us. This is every day of what we do in that, yes, hackers obtain stuff, but it's often in the public interest. They do a crime, we don't, and there's material that should be uh, published and should be reported on. You can look at the blue leaks, uh, data dump, you know, that came out a couple of years ago at this point that showed a lot of interesting stuff about uh, police force in America. You could look at the breach of hacking team, the breach of Finn Fisher that showed how uh, private surveillance mercenaries were being used worldwide and by what countries, including hacking team buying the FBI. We would not have known that if it was not for a hacker. So, you know, again, we do this every single day. So, it's not new for us, uh, as you allude to, but I did just wanted almost to push back because Roblox kept bringing it up because it's not relevant for us. What is relevant is that this material should be known because we think it's important to understand how a multi-billion dollar American company will bend and censor its platform to enter the Chinese market or the sorts of tools a multi-billion dollar company is going to try to use to monitor grooming or mass shooting simulators on its platform. Right. We so rarely get a window into either of those concerns in these, in these companies. So, and these companies have a huge sway over our lives, right? Like, like we've stressed over and over again, Roblox is pretty important to a lot of kids in this country. Um, And so the more clarity around like how that company is operating around these issues, I think is good. Right. Yeah. Totally. And and look, there will be more hacks that end up in material that's in the public interest. Not all of them will be in the public interest, you know? And I would just, the last thing I would say in that is, of course, you know, for example, 
the identity of the specific Roblox employee who was hacked. And, you know, it looks harassed, to be perfectly honest. There's there's absolutely no interest in publishing like that poor employee's name. There's there's no reason to do that, which is why we didn't. But there is in an internal presentation where Roblox thinks Tencent is going to hack it. Joseph Cox, thank you once again for coming on to Cyber and walking us through a complicated topic. If you like the show, please, uh, and you want to see it recorded live, please follow us at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV. Next next couple weeks is going to be very interesting. We're going to have more Terraform episodes if you happen to catch that earlier today when it was recorded live. Uh, We will be back next week with more stories about uh, the dangerous, dangerous internet we all live in. JC, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're out. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.